The Settle Down Podcast. You are listening to The Settle Down Podcast. With your host, Sean Settles. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm Sean Settles. My guest today is Connor Daherty, the Mad Dog. That's, that's your wrestling. <laughs> You're the AIWF European champ, right? Yeah. Here it is. Ugh. Yeah, first, first title, not a bad first title to start off. I saw your, uh, on Facebook that you were originally from Northern Ireland, correct? That's correct, yeah. So Very is, that, is, Northern. is that where you started your wrestling career? I actually started my wrestling over two years ago now. I started in Rotherham which is next to Sheffield. I started with uh, Elite British Wrestling, EBW. My coaches were Andrew Hogg, Chris Slacken, and Mikey Rose. Is, uh, now, is the WWE pretty big over there in Europe? Is You know what, man? The WWE have always been big, and it's always been the dream of, obviously, most people in the UK. But then when NXT UK started and the performance center started again over two years ago now, it, it, things just took off. It just got massive, bigger and bigger, a hell of a lot more competition, a hell of a lot more people coming to training. These new names were coming out of nowhere. People were coming back into it. It was just like an injection of ecstasy in the wrestling scene. So, uh, you're in China now, correct? Yeah, I am in Guangzhou, China, right now. It is 8, 8.30 p.m. So, yeah, and the time of you is... How do you get from the U.K. to wrestling in China? So, how did I get from the... So, I actually came over with a partner at the time and we both got jobs in China. Now, I found this out and I approached my coaches and I, it, was, it was almost like, like a breakup I had with them. I said, look, uh, I'm going to China. Um, I, I really love my training. Um, and then I'll never forget Andy Hogg stopped me in mid-conversation, said there's plenty of training in China. I was like, tell me more. So he got me in touch with uh, Ho Ho Lun and Sam Bradwell. And I, I honestly thought that my dream of getting into professional wrestling was over at that stage. But really, it just took off. Would you say, which, what's the difference between the Chinese wrestling fans and the European wrestling fans? Oh, so European wrestling fans, um, absolutely, you can't fault them. Chinese fans, you can't fault them either. Wrestling fans are just, you, you, can't, you can't BS wrestling fans. They, they know what, what's going on. The difference mainly would be 
in regards to Chinese wrestling fans, they do kind of cheer and engage more with foreigners. Um, you might not see a lot of chain wrestling when it comes to Chinese promotions. Um, they prefer almost like a, like a Japanese style. They prefer lots of strikes, plenty of moves, just showing off really your toolkit in regard to the European scene, where, you know, obviously transitions, um, showing your mat skills, kind of like traditional wrestling, depending on your style, of course. Um, it's more of a flow with the European fans. Uh, which wrestlers inspired you growing up that you saw in the bigger promotions that? Ah, uh, man. Um, well, you're, you're obviously going to go back to the Monday Night Wars. Um, for me, it was The Rock, Triple H, um, Kurt Angle. Um, the Rock for, the, do you know what I mean? It's just everything for everyone. Triple H, the way he was, um, the way he would manipulate his opponents, you know, he's called a cerebral assassin for a reason. Kurt Angle for his techniques and his moves and, and his genuine play, his, his way of entertaining. Um, in that sense, yeah, Rey Mysterio, the cruiserweight in WCW was probably for me one of the most interesting things simply because. You just wouldn't have seen like big dudes doing the things that they did. The cruiserweight scene in WCW was just, oh, I'll never forget. One of the first matches I watched, first ever wrestling matches, contained, um, it was Ultimo Dragon, Billy Kidman, uh, Rey Mysterio was around there. Around those names, I'll, I'll never forget. That's what drew me into wrestling. So do you have a goal of wrestling in the WWE or one of the larger American-based promotions? You know what? Um, Sean, that, that's obviously going to be a goal for any wrestler. That's, that's, that's a dream for any wrestler. Um, I'd absolutely love to make it, but for now, I think I'm just doing this now for two years. I'm, I'm setting my bar uh, with goals like I've got to focus on my next show. Uh, I've got to focus on my next fight. I've got to focus on my next promotion. Taking it really step by step. But you know, if you were to ask me, yeah, okay, long time goal, would I love to be in WWE? Absolutely. No, uh, the top promotion, why not? But AEW, yeah, they've got a, a partnership now with OWE. They've always helped. Um, I'm in contact with guys at OWE. So, you know, there, there's always a way to get up there. In regards to the other American scenes, you've got Ring of Honor, oh my God, Impact. Yeah, the goal is to just grow. Grow and expand and get better. So you moved to China for a job. Uh, I saw yes. a full-time job, but you're teaching in China. Yes, so originally um, I was a teacher in a high school and then when I met my partner at the time, we taught in the same school. Uh, it was like um, a UK high school in Doncaster and then we got the same 
Well, we got the jobs in China. She was a drama teacher and English teacher. I was a PE teacher and an English teacher. And I also coached football or, well, soccer. Soccer here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was just my job before I came out here. What, so you taught in the UK and you taught and you're teaching in China currently. What's the big difference yeah. between the teaching in China compared to teaching in the UK? Do you know what? It's like um, any teaching position, you adapt and you overcome just for the students that you have. Um, you've got to differentiate to, for, well, for the needs of your learners. So the difference in the students would be very minimal. You know, you've got your kids who will mess around, who will, you know, who like a bit of attention. But because obviously I'm teaching the kids at a young age where they're trying to build the discipline, um, they're very, you know, very textbook, follow a system. And some are very pleasant. You know, it, it, is, it, it is what it is like in any classroom. Um, one thing that certainly helped me is speaking the language. So obviously you're explaining something to these kids in a completely different language and they're expected to just get it. So sometimes when you take a step back, slow things down and speak in their language, it just kind of connects. So it's more simpler for the kids. Do you actually speak Chinese? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I think that's a, the difference between the United States and everywhere else in the world over here we're not really taught a second language unless you really go seek it out and want to learn a second language mm -hmm. it's very rare to come across anyone that knows a second language outside of english maybe a little bit yeah. of spanish but that's about it yeah oh man like to to kind of like uh understand other languages is a is an extra tool let alone an extra piece of arsenal in its own because especially in european you know, you've got a few languages you've got to uh, keep up to pace with there. I went to Europe on my honeymoon last year, and I was amazed because I can't speak a, a lick of anything outside of English, and I was able to communicate with most of the people I came across when yeah. I was in Paris and Berlin. They could talk oh, to yeah. me for the most part, but I couldn't speak anything <laughs> they were saying. Yeah, yeah. You kind of respect the culture more because they speak English themselves. So you knew this was going to come up. You're living in China while the coronavirus pandemic is. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, this has to be talked about because. Absolutely. Are you guys in the reopening stage or are most of your shops and businesses open now? Or what's it like over there right now? So. I'm about three hours flight time from Wuhan, where obviously it all manifested. Um, right now, everything is opening for business again. Uh, yesterday, um, I was being tested um, for obviously 
uh, Corona or COVID-19 um, to see if we're going to open our schools again. We had an investigation on Wednesday to see if our school was clean. Our school facilities were, were obviously, well, how, how can I put it? Um, was nuclear, nuclear cleaned, everything was nuked, everything was, was disinfected. So unfortunately, or well, fortunately, the schools are going to open up again on Monday. So which means being a teacher, yeah, it's back to work. No more free salary. <laughs> My wife is a teacher here, and we're on summer break now, but I think they've been out of school since March. And yeah. they're worried that they may not be going back after summer vacation. We're in the 50-50 okay. reopening stage. It's, some businesses are allowed to be open. Some are. Some are only allowed to have so many people in the store at a time. So we're a few months behind you guys and getting the, getting the virus over here. So Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to ask you in the U.S. news over here, I don't know what you guys are hearing on your end on – your guys's media we're hearing things like the chinese government is blaming the united states for the outbreak the united states government's blaming the chinese <laughs> for the outbreak what are you guys hearing over there oh uh, he said she said that's it's just front and back um obviously without um you know w without any um offense or no obviously no offense it's you know you look at the leaders of today and they're not really the most role model-ish yeah. to be. So, um, obviously, in regards to the UK, from what I've last heard was that the Prime Minister um, has said that everything is back open again. But yet, how, how can it be when things aren't as good or aren't, are not as good as all? But the thing that I was very proud to see was that Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland more or less were like, England, you do your thing. We'll keep looking after our people, and you can stay at home. Here, now, are you guys wrestling in China yet? Are you guys allowed to have big gatherings and have fans in the stands? And So, we're... Not wrestling because we can't promote it. But when we've done it, obviously we can talk about it. There is a place uh, not too far from me that we do have competitions in that we are able to perform in, which is, you know, it, it's it's not always the most unique. Um, places that I've wrestled in, but it's still a chance to ply our trade. So, in regards to advertising, we can't really talk about it until after it's happened. Because it's not happening, is it? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. In, <laughs> in the States, we're, we're not having any sporting events going on right now. and The NBA and uh, Major League Baseball and everything's frozen right now. Yeah, man. 
most stores are requiring you to wear masks or you got well in China they already kind of wore masks before this anyways that wasn't yeah. uncommon in the United States nobody wore a mask until this yeah. outbroke oh man you, you know when um, I injured my neck ago uh, a couple of months in March start of March and I kind of uh, events I was a part of I had to cancel because well you only get one neck um, I went to Spain for my friends Greg um, and then we took a truck then to Tunisia and you know what the Tunisians were so on it masks uh, soap dispensers gloves and this is like you know the middle of March but we were actually quite lucky we got the final flight out of that country to come back to the UK and again yeah I was very lucky and then again get to China I I landed in China on the 25th and I think the they closed the borders the 27th so again man it must be my Irish heritage <laughs> just lucky barely made it back home now we hear stories about Chinese internet and the restrictions you guys in China have on your internet. What differences have you noticed yeah. from living in the UK where you pretty much have free open internet to where you're at now? Um, I'm going to give you a bit of a sandwich. So the good thing about the internet here in China is that it is everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Um, Wi-Fi is easy to get into. Um, it's usually quite up to speed. Um, obviously, data on your phone is very cheap. But, yeah, when it comes to a very professional network or the, obviously, the, the letters that start with that, um, it cannot be discussed. There are certain um, words that if they come up, um, they are monitored, and you might get um, uh, an authorization or, or a request to just send a photo anytime. You just send a facial recognition photo just to check on that thing. Really? So do you have to be yeah. careful what you say on this podcast in fears of getting in trouble in China? Yeah, let's just say um, I'm just I tread tread carefully. Yeah, because the, the the funniest thing I remember. Sorry, Sean, to interrupt, but um, the funniest thing I've got to share with you is that how sometimes on social media we might talk about um, a scenario. Let's say with what was happening in Hong Kong with a certain um, disagreements. So. If we were to discuss it, it was always brought up in a meeting after. Okay. That, I always find that interesting. I looked on the map in preparation for this interview to see where you were located in China. And I saw you weren't crazy far from Hong Kong. Like, you weren't very far from Hong Kong where you're at now. Nope. That kind of died off in the media. We had a lot of media coverage about the Hong Kong protests and stuff. And then when yeah. the coronavirus happened, that our news cycle moved so quick. 
that they just start covering the latest and greatest. So they just covering that all together here. So I didn't even know if those protests were still going on or what was going on over there. Um, so as far as I'm aware, they're still going on because um, uh, Ho Ho Lun, who's got uh, HKWF, he was promoting all his, uh, his, well, he was promoting his promotion um, and trying to get events happening. Now, he's stuck in Japan at the moment, but from what I've seen is he, someone still discusses what goes on there. And obviously with what's going on, events are still being canceled due to what is going on. <laughs> to like a secret agent or something. Now, I was also, you're the AIWF European champion. So I was looking up, yeah. the, I was looking up the AIWF and I had a hard time understanding what it was because it seemed like they had a bunch of wrestlers and different promotions all over the world. So AIWF isn't a promotion themselves. Explain that to what the AIWF is. I had a hard time comprehending what it was. You know what, Sean, that, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, Matt, who, who oversees all operations, um, he's just all about getting the, let's say, um, the, the, the might be considered as the lower kind of card guys out there. You know, he's, he's done so much for me, obviously, um, got me in touch with yourself. He's got me in touch with a lot of guys from Europe. Um, he's trying to set up a lot of things that's going on. Well, what, what, sorry, what's upcoming? He's talking about events, uh, me going to America. There's a lot of things that he does. So, obviously, AIWF, the Allied Independent Wrestling Federation, um, it just seems as if not only is he overseeing things, but he's a massive fan of it. So, to grow, obviously, like, the likes of myself, um, you know, you got you got such such a huge roster that you know some promotions in around the world can kind of touch on that. You know, I remember EBW when we first started off. There's this belt AIWF. I was like, well, what what's this about? So obviously, with AIWF being well globally recognised. I was like, right, okay, that's that's certainly a, a promotion that's obviously up and coming. It's not, a, it's a few tiers down um, from obviously the big, the big, the big guys. That, but to give you a definitive answer, I just see it as another platform for the likes of myself to grow, to grow my, to grow my name, to grow my social media, to grow my product to grow my brand to grow my style and that's what matt does it's 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 another platform internationally that gets me out there and the rest of the guys involved another thing i was curious about you living in china how's it like selling trying to sell merch in china when you're from the uk because it would seem like they would support chinese wrestlers and yeah how's, how's that it's uh, <laughs> it's funny you ask. You know, <clears throat> um, for now it might sound a bit crazy, but I I kind of um, I just give things away for now. 
um, simply because I want to. I'm not looking at it as, a, as an income. I'm looking at it as a as a way to spread my name. I want to give people happy memories. I want to give people, you know, just just gifts. You know, they say like the best things in life are free. So you know, maybe a T-shirt or a hat. If that can make a difference, absolutely. But it's the memories that come with it too. Um, I'm always giving away for like the guys who supported me from the very start. And that's obviously in the UK. But now coming here to China, um, again, because the Chinese love the foreigners, they do, well, we do sell more merch. But for now, obviously, it's, it's great to obviously get my name out there. So what I'm looking into is selling my, my merch. Now, um, I had a fan once who started a group who started like a fan group to try and sell merch and, and oh well let's just say my name got used as a part of a as a scam which was oh my god that was a massive experience hence why it's better to go through you know legitimate sites um legitimate promotions and then just to work hard yourself <laughs> So, you're, China over there, it's fully open. You can go to the mall right now and go shopping. Yeah. yeah. What's the big difference between – I don't think the most people in the States are too – are real aware of, like, what's going on in China because it's all hush-hush and the two countries <coughs> are kind of at odds with each other and trade all the time. Yeah. So. They're kind of rivals a little bit, so we don't actually get a true picture of what's going on. So you yeah. go to the mall, go to your Apple store, go out to dinner. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, so I'll give you a, a few happenings of, well, again, what's happened to me. I remember when I landed here in two weeks, I had to quarantine in a hotel, had to stay in there, nothing, nothing I could do. I actually got charged for the hotel stay and they charged me for food, three, uh, three meals a day, which was fine. Now you didn't get a choice of the meals. It was just, boom, this is what you're given. If you eat it, great. If you don't, oh well. So that was that sense of quarantine. When I was released from quarantine, there was a few happenings where, you know, if you don't look Asian, you will be almost like a neck snap where people are like, oh, you know, that's, that's someone there is not Asian. Usually what you hear is Megoren. Megoren is American. So I, obviously it comes across as a bit rude. I, so I've just gotten used to it for now, Sean, which is a horrible thing to say, of course. But because if you weren't Asian, you would be randomly stopped on the street and you would be asked for some kind of papers, maybe even your passport. Um, and what they came to design was this QR code. Now, you had to fill in a lot of information, a lot of personal information, um, to access this QR code. Now, basically what it was, this was your virtual, your virtual tracking device. So this QR code, right? Yeah. Um, if it's red, 
then that means you haven't, you're not here long enough or your information was correct. If it's green, that means you're safe. But that's only one QR code. I had to do it for four QR codes. So all these different, let's say governments or different systems had all these QR codes. So you're like, right, okay, you're doing this. If you were in a rush, if you, if you, oh my God, yeah, it was just, you were there maybe for about 20 minutes, just trying to show like some kind of identification, just to say I'm healthy. Um, there was also one other time where me and a friend of mine, we were getting on the, uh, on the metro and, you know, you went through, you got your tickets, and just before you get to the, the toll where you pass through, it was, I swear to God, there must have been about 11 security guards came out, and obviously it was just like, well, what's going on here? Um, you know, it's funny you bring it up because I've recorded everything simply because of the craziness of it all. And I do need to put something together with it. Um, we showed our passports. At the time, at the time, if you were South African, you were detained, you were put away. You were put somewhere in quarantine. Um, one of the biggest things, and obviously I see it's happening in America now, if you were African, you were put away right away. Some even people were deported. Um, they see some of the videos like shared around. Um, even they have friends who are African descent. To see what they went through um, and hear what they went through was, yeah, it was deep, man. Absolutely deep. No, the want to deport out of the country. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, most, the horrible thing was that the excuse that was used was that, hold on a minute, when this pandemic started, there was a lot of other people being racist to Asians and like, like coffins, uh, just, just saying so many things about Asians. So that, in a way, they felt gave them the right to be, or sorry, for their behavior to be the way it was. So what you're saying is obviously an eye for an eye. Well then, really, how, how can you love like that? And that's what annoyed me the most. But um, I've, I've traveled around, um, and what I've come to realize is that maybe sometimes, or sorry, what it is, that all cultures are different, and all ways of education are different. Yeah, the, the way here, if 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 you're not if you're not Asian, then you will be you'll be just looked at differently. In the United States, it's such a melting pot with so many people. I know there's misconceptions in other parts of the world. The only yeah. way you would really get deported here is if you didn't have the paperwork to legally be here. If you had a passport or a visa, yeah, they. The laws won't allow them to remove you, but we do have quite a large number of people who have snuck here, and those are the kind of people that get removed when they're caught. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear the stories, absolutely. But this is the finest. Like people have all these, they have all their paperwork, everything to say. Yeah. And you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. Maybe they could be like that as well. So I can't really force them. It sounds like they have a tighter grip on the people in China than they do here in the states. They suggested yeah. that we should stay home and quarantine, but with the laws here and the freedom, they can't require. They can't make us stay home. I yeah. actually had to work every day through the whole pandemic. Yeah. They, yeah. they tried to strongly suggest, and certain, different states have different laws. They tried to strongly suggest that you stay home, but there was yeah. really no nothing they could do about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, topic, it's a touchy subject, man. You know... Like we're living through a, a historic event right now, so yes, ever no one's ever experienced this, so and they're handling it different ways all over the world, and everybody has their system that's working. How are they handling it back at home in the UK? Is everything starting? Uh, like I said, man, uh, it's, it's well, the main thing is obviously my family. My family are all good. I'm, I'm so happy with, with that, but. Uh, you know, like like I said about the PM, he's telling people in England, right, go back to work, go back to work. Well, it's, like it, it's now like one of the highest, the highest rates of death, the highest rates of, of, of confirmed cases. But then, you know, how can you do this just because like, you know, ends aren't meeting for people, but you know, the, the, we, we see it all the time in movies and stories. You know, is death or is money really worth your life? So, yeah. You gotta eat. Subject mark. Well, I'm glad you're healthy and everything's going good for you. I really appreciate you coming on here and talking to me. I know we dug away from the wrestling, but kind of had to a little bit. I couldn't resist you being in China, not asking the questions. and Absolutely, man. As I say, listen, you know, especially in this wrestling game, the more you see and what you get, that's great. That's a, that's how you do well. And that's how, you know, good, honest, respectful people just stay humble. That, that, and that's, that's what I love by it. Don't forget where I come from. And, you know, you can ask me whatever you want. I'll be as honest as I can, you know. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Anytime you have something to promote that you're taking the next step, you want to promote, talk about it. Hit me up on Facebook. You're more than welcome back anytime, man. Thanks for taking the Oh, time. absolutely, man. Yeah. We can do this maybe as a, as a mid-pandemic, and then maybe we can do a post-pandemic. Yeah, anytime <laughs> you want to talk, just hit me up. You're more than welcome to come back. Thanks for doing Thanks this. Guys.